You guys will join me in prayer. Father, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. So, wow, I'm very tall. Um, (laughs) For the record, I'm really grateful to Ken for the gift of getting to preach, but I'm even more thankful that he let me preach before Corey, who won an award in seminary, (laughs) which is a professional school for preaching. So by going first, you won't be disappointed by me, but rather further impressed by Corey next week. So good luck. So this week, I had the pleasure and the joy of going to Vancouver with my mom. And as we were out visiting different stores, every single so often, she'd be like, so do you want to like get any gifts or anything for people on the way back? And I'd be like, yeah, I don't know. Are they really worth it? (laughs) (laughs) But really, I was like, yeah, these gifts are kind of cheesy. And I really realized that giving the perfect gift is hard. It's really hard. I'm sure everyone has strange knickknacks from their in-laws that you have to put out whenever they come to visit. Well-meaning as they were, the pillow of your kid's naked baby pictures is never really going to match the color scheme of your living room. (laughs) The only thing it's going to be good for is embarrassing them, your kids, whenever they bring over their boyfriend or their girlfriend. Now, not being married myself, my strange in-law gift is a gift from my grandmother. It's this penguin. So one Christmas, my grandmother decided to theme all of the grandkids' gifts, which there aren't any grandkids, it's just me and my two siblings. And so my younger sister, she got snowflakes, seems pretty harmless. My younger brother, he got Santas, again, pretty harmless. And I got penguins, which on its face seems pretty harmless. Well, in this gift set, I got the ugliest stuffed anything that I've ever seen in my life. But it was supposed (laughs) to be a stuffed penguin. Imagine like a poorly constructed, like, knitted doily that you'd put on the counter, but have somehow constructed into a penguin and attached with felt. (laughs) Yeah, it was bad. Well, I felt no attachment to it, and actually it gave me a strong aversion to penguins. (laughs) And so my family did what any good God-centered family would do. They really just dug into it and got me everything (laughs) penguin-themed. Now, over time, I grew to embrace penguins, and now actually I have an air freshener that's penguin-themed in my car. (laughs) And I love how this gift made me grow to love penguins and made me grow to something that I would otherwise have no attachment or engagement to. And I see this often happens often to us, but gifts often make us grow in unexpected ways. Now, that's a silly story, but... It illustrates how a gift can make us change or grow, and I grew to love penguins. However, the perfect gift is one that helps the receiver more fully grow to become who they're meant to be. And let me say that again because it's a little convoluted. So the perfect gift is one that helps the receiver to more fully become who they're meant to be. Today is Pentecost Sunday. It's a day where we celebrate the church receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit, the comforter or helper that was promised to us. Pentecost is really the perfect day for me to preach because it's all about having received a gift and then being sent out. And it's the perfect gift for us to honor our seniors as well. 
uh, for the exact same reasons. So if you'll take a look at me with this gospel reading um, in your bulletin or 1154 in a pew Bible in front of you. So just to provide some context, the disciples have been with Jesus for around three years at this point. They have witnessed Jesus's resurrect death. They've witnessed his resurrection at this point. Um, and at this point, you'd think that they would kind of understand what the vision is, what the plan is. But they still don't get who Jesus is. We see in verse 19 that in kind of the middle of that, the, the, it says the doors being locked, the disciples were with fear of the Jews. It seems kind of an odd thing to be if you know like Christ has overcome death, that you'd be fearful of the Jews. But this is where the disciples were. They were hiding in fear following the resurrection. They're uncertain of what is next and feeling ill-equipped for it. Now, this may be some of us that are now having graduated freshmen, getting ready for college, or maybe some of us in this congregation, having recently become an empty nester or entering into retirement, not knowing what's next. Or maybe even still um, having a loved one that's having recently received a heartbreaking medical diagnosis. Yet, look at what happens in the rest of verse 19. Jesus came and stood among them. And then he says, peace be with you. And it's not enough for him to say it once. Again, later, he says, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so even I am sending you. Jesus reminds them that everything they're about to do, the one sending them has done first. And then he gives them the Holy Spirit. And so as we enter the unknown, Christ calms us, Christ reassures us, and Christ equips us to go out. Now, I've always been good about thinking about the big picture, but prior to the summer before graduating college, I never really thought of myself as a relational person. But the summer after graduating college, I really learned, working at St. Christopher, I really learned what it was to love and to spiritually pour yourself out to others. I began to change the way I viewed myself, and as Christians, we're all ultimately relational creatures. Yet, being in relationship simply means being in proximity and living life together. But as Christians, we're called to do more than just that. We're called to gift what is best to others. Sometimes it's not always, what is best is not always what is the most liked. In youth group, middle schoolers need a lot more structured time than the high schoolers. Sometimes you have to be perceived as the bad guy, but ultimately, they know that it comes from a place of love. It's through my time at St. John's in relationship with all of you that this lesson has really begun to take root in my heart. And if God has used me to bless any of you, I'm certainly thankful of it. But know that all of you have blessed me mightily and have loved me well. But now, being equipped, it's time for me to go out. We see the same sort of thing happening in our first reading the reading in Acts. And so again, just to give you some context, the first chapter of Acts, if you kind of look at your headings, it's the ascension where Jesus goes back up to sit at the right hand of the Father. Matthias is chosen as the 12th disciple to replace Judas in ministry. And then we get to chapter two, which is the coming of the Holy Spirit, which is where our reading is today. Um, and so in this, we see the disciples, they're stressed out. Jesus is getting ready to leave them in the ascension. Actually, they ask in verse 6 of chapter 1, 
So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? They're still thinking that Jesus is coming to overthrow the Romans and that the Jewish people are not going to continue to be oppressed. But God has other better plans for them and for all of us. The disciples stressed out getting ready for Jesus to leave them. So what Jesus does is he calms them. Then the Lord reassures them by appointing the 12th to replace Judas. And then again, in today's reading, specifically in verses, we see them in the very beginning of the Acts reading um, in, there we are, in Acts 2, verse 1, when they all arrived together in one place, suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind that filled the entire place where they were sitting. And divided tongues of fire appeared to them and rested on each of them. And so they're filled with the Holy Spirit. And that freaks them out. Um, So in verses 5 and 6, we see there's a bunch of different people from speaking all different languages. And at this point, you might be scratching your head like, okay, they're all Jewish. Don't they all speak Hebrew? But they all would have been here for the Feast of Shavuot, which is one of three Jewish feasts which require the Jewish people to come to Jerusalem. So they're from all over the Middle East and have different languages. And so we see the fathers equip them with the gift of the Spirit, allowing them to understand each other, which calms some of them down, freaks out others of them. God's gift ultimately is one that helps their receiver to more fully become who they're meant to be, preachers of Christ's deed. And again, back to getting to it freaking them out, we see in verse 12 that some of them who are hearing God's word being preached mock them, saying that they're drunk on wine. So if that's not a, they're freaked out, I don't know what is. So Peter, he then takes charge and calms the crowd. He reassures them of the words that they've been proclaiming. And in verse 38, he equips them and calls them to baptism, to be the church, to do the work of God, which is proclaiming the gospel. So God gives us the perfect gift, but that was in first century Palestine. So what exactly does that mean for us as 21st century Americans? Well, God's call for us is still the same, and his gift to us is still the same. My younger brother, Lance, recently just graduated from college and is starting grad school this fall. So because he's about to be a grad student, I got him a nice pen and a leather briefcase to more fully become a grad student. We're all beloved creations of God that were declared very good in the garden, and we're meant to be in relationship with God. Our rebellious hearts often choose not to recognize God, let alone be in relationship with him. So God, he gives us new hearts through the Holy Spirit in order to be in a fuller relationship with him. So when we are in Christ, God gives us more of himself through the Holy Spirit to equip us to better love him. And I'm sure because this is graduation weekend, and I know not all of you are here to see me preach, And we have some friends or family here of members of senior who got dragged here or invited here today because we're honoring the seniors. So bonus points to you if you actually came. Um, (laughs) But for all of us, we're still rebelling, and all of us do it in different ways every day. Well, the Father gives us a gift too, the willing sacrifice of his son, who loved us enough to die for us, making a way to come back into relationship with God. This Pentecost Sunday, let us celebrate the gifts that God has given us and continues to give us. 
Let us be more fully who we're meant to be, and let us be the church on mission going out into the world, sharing the good news of the gifts that God has given us. I speak to you today in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.